Greetings and welcome to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. I'm Sandy Clough, Coach Carl alongside, of course, as always, as uh, the Pioneers post-Thanksgiving remain number one in the country this week, coming off a split at home against Omaha last weekend. Six teams got first place votes in the USCHO poll uh, this week, David. Uh, you surprised at that, or is that about how you figure it at this point? You're number one. You got 17 first place votes. Quinnipiac 14, St. Cloud 10, Minnesota 3, Michigan 2, and Penn State 4. Pretty tight, or is it still too early to make that kind of separation? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think clearly the voters uh, feel that way, which, um, you know, I can understand, like, I don't think anyone's running away with it right now. Um, yeah, I think there's there's definitely a, a lot of really good hockey teams. I think it speaks to the parity in college hockey within leagues and, and conference to conference, um, you know, and, and I think that ultimately is a good thing. And, um, you know, I think for us, you know, as, as we talk a lot about on this show, the, the rankings are there a lot for the fanfare and, and things of that nature but um you know it's it is a reflection of of where what we've accomplished so far and um you know our our goal and as we say every year is to continue to get better um week to week and uh the, the pairwise rankings ultimately is what will will start to matter i mean those are starting to get some level of accuracy as well but um you know we'll see those kind of start to take shape into January and February time, um, see a little bit less volatility um, in that. But I, I, again, I just think it speaks to the the parity in college hockey right now. Um, you know, I, the the whatever the quote unquote top grouping of teams, uh, we've all been beaten. Um, yes. You know, and and I think, you know, would we like to be fourteen and zero? Sure, but but losing is is good too. It it helps put things into perspective, creates moments of of adversity and opportunities to grow. And um, I think it's a good thing for the game that that uh, some of the top teams are getting beat um, on given evenings. Well, we mentioned Minnesota and we'll talk more about uh, Arizona State later on, but Arizona State's a good example of that, knocking off Minnesota last Saturday night, six to five in overtime. Uh, we'll get into some of that uh, as we talk about Arizona State a little bit later on in the show. We haven't spoken in almost a month, uh, at least on this program. And I wanted to ask you, uh, before we get to last weekend's games, about the games in North Dakota the previous week. It sounds to me, from reading the accounts, as if the trip might have been harder than the games were. Yeah. Um, yeah, the trip was interesting. Um, you know, we, there was a big storm rolling through the upper Midwest um, that we were we knew about, we were aware of. Um, you know, and, and on Wednesday, they had canceled, I believe it was the two flights after hours. Um, and then Thursday morning, they canceled the two flights before hours, but they kept ours on. And we thought that was interesting and um, that maybe they had seen something, obviously, in the forecast that would allow us to be able to get in. Um, ultimately, I think we would have been able to get in what, what we were told by uh, the airline was that we could get you in, but we wouldn't be able to get the crew out. Um, and so that was an interesting, uh, explanation as to our flight being canceled, but, 
Um, you know, and they canceled the flight about 15, 20 minutes before boarding time. So we were all out at the airport. Um, Travis Colhane then, you know, went into quick work and, uh, you know, one time we had hotels in, in Grand Forks, Fargo and Minneapolis, yeah. um, you know, based on, on trying to have plan B, A, B and C. And um, again, Travis did an excellent job of getting hotel rooms canceled, booked, uh, flights canceled, booked, um, you know, and, and we flew into Minneapolis, got in about uh, to our hotel at about midnight on Thursday night and then bust up uh, two Grand Forks, went right to the rink um, off a 10 a.m. bus departure. We grabbed pregame meal in Fargo and, um, you know, gave the, you know, I give the guys a ton of credit, like the way we executed and uh, played the game on, you know, through some tough circumstances. And then <clears throat> I think the best part is, is that we, we played even better on Saturday night. Um, so it was, a, it was a really solid weekend, a good mental challenge and exercise. And um, our players and, and our staff passed with flying colors. Well, uh, you hadn't won in regulation, at least, in Grand Forks since 2014. So yeah. beating them not just once but twice, uh, both obviously uh, regulation wins, 3-2-6-3, three, three, uh, a major achievement. And I, I believe you last beat them in 2018 up there, and you have, what, one player? Who was on that team? Who's still with you? So, yeah, correct. Uh, um, yeah, it was Kyle Mayhew, and I, I can't even say for certain whether or not he uh, played because he he was not um, a mainstay in the lineup as a freshman. So, um, yeah, it was 2018. It was it was uh, I think Luco Jared Lucas Savages yeah um, had kind of a high deflection goal um, there in overtime, and that might have even been I don't know three on three might have been happening. Um, in our league at that time, but it, it yeah. predated three on three happening across right. college hockey. Right. And then, yeah, 2014 was the last regulation win. Um, you think about the teams that we've had from 2014 to, to now, um, to, to go that long without a regulation win in the building, um, is hard to do. So, um, again, a lot of, uh, hasn't been an easy place for us to play last sweep was 2010, um, so to be able to go up there and get a full six points, especially last year, we went up there, um, you know, it was our first NCHC games of the year and, uh, we got swept in that weekend. And, um, so for our players to go up there and kind of, uh, you know, get the monkey off their back per se in that building, I think is, is a really good thing. Did your team find an identity during that weekend series? I would have said yes and, until uh, until the Omaha Friday night game, but, you know. So, <laughs> then you may have uh, lost it for one night anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and again, there's going to be bumps in the road. Um, you know, the Omaha game was probably the the worst game that we played for sure this season. Um, you know, our fourth, fourth loss, uh, third regulation loss, um, but really didn't give ourselves a chance. Could have been six or seven nothing without Magnus, um, to be quite right. honest. And so... Um, yeah, did we find an identity? Yeah, I think we found a blueprint of what makes us successful. Um, and, you know, it gives us a, a level of confidence to, to lean back upon um, that we can execute our game plan to a high level and, and how we want to play. And um, the challenge, like with any team, is, is trying to do that as, as consistently and efficiently as you possibly can. And, um, 
you know, obviously we had some shortcomings on our next game um, against Omaha after the bye week. Well, uh, we'll talk more about the Saturday night game. Much better news on Saturday night uh, than there was on Friday night. A lot more offense, uh, scoring chances galore, and, of course, 11 different point producers, five different goal scores on Saturday night. Much more ahead as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. And we continue now with the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with uh, David Carl. And uh, the less said about Friday night, the better. I, I think if you looked at the box score, you saw three goals that they scored within six and a half minutes at the start of the second period, I think it was. But the rest of the game really wasn't all that much better than that from your perspective. But a real bounce back Saturday. And it was interesting that uh, other than a couple of changes in the back of your lineup, you basically went with the same line combinations, the same defense pairings on Saturday night as you had on Friday night. And obviously there was a world of difference in your play. Yeah, I think um, again on, on, uh, on Friday night, wasn't up to our level of expectation, um, you know, and there could be a number of factors for what that was. Um, I think it was probably a, a multitude of things, but for whatever reason, we weren't ready to start the game on time. And, um, and then we couldn't find our way out of it. Um, and that's all of us together. And um, that's unfortunate, but, but we did have an ability to, to reset. We had some real honest, tough meetings on, on Saturday morning about the realities of, of what we didn't do well and what we needed to get back to. And, um, a big part of our mindset as a staff was, um, you know, we didn't we didn't necessarily want to throw everything, um, you know, into a blender with our line combos and our D pairings, um, you know, off of a one-off type game where where we really, to a man, we didn't play very well. And so um, I think it was, you know, to try and show the group a sign of confidence that, you know, this this lineup worked really well. It was the same lineup that we played in North Dakota with, and um, if we all just play better, we'll have uh, our process will be better and we'll get the result that, that we desire. So um, again, it was a good response um, from the group to be able to come out and, um, you know, really liked our start. Um, you know, second Saturday in a row, we get a goal called back um, yeah. off a of goalie interference. And then, um, you know, in the, you know, in the second period, we find a way to get, you know, three quick goals to kind of create some separation. Um, and, you know, there was, again, there were certainly some things we did better, um, still some things we need to clean up um, that I think has helped set the tone uh, for this week's practice. Uh, you may be alluding to this indirectly, but uh, you were up four one and all of a sudden it's four three, less than eight <clears> and a half minutes to go in the game. You're on the power play. You get a big goal from Bros at that point, and then you get the empty netter from Thompson to win six to three. But uh, what was the attitude? Because they got two fairly quick goals from four to one to four to three, and there was quite a few minutes of elapsed time before you scored uh, that goal to uh, yeah. replenish your lead at two goals. What was going on during that period? on the bench, was there any uneasiness because you had been up three goals and all of a sudden it was a one goal game? Um, no, I, don't, I mean, I don't think so. I think we've 
you know, they showed what type of a team they were the night before. Um, you know, we didn't really expect them to just go away and, um, yeah, to give up a goal in the last minute and then the first minute um, to start to end and start a period is, is certainly not a recipe for success. Um, but, you know, again, I, I thought we did a nice job of just our goaltender was good again. We, we weren't perfect in those next six to seven minutes. Um, they certainly had some other looks uh, where Magnus was able to, to be there for us. And, and he's as much a part of the team as anybody. So uh, we leaned upon him heavily, um, you know, in some of those moments. And uh, we finally got a power play. And, yes. and Thompson, Devine, and, and Bros were able to really, Devine and, and Bros were able to connect on a really nice play um, to put the puck in the net. So, um, yeah, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a Picasso. But, uh, but it certainly was a, a better response from, from Friday night. You've got uh, uh, Aiden Thompson with six points in his last five games, three goals, three assists. You got Jared Wright on that same line, five points, three goals, two assists in his last four. Uh, Bros had a goal and an assist, first multi-point game in a Pioneer sweater on Saturday night. Talk about the third line a little bit because they seem to be progressing, really finding their stride. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Thompson um, coming back and getting healthy. Um, we've talked about Webster and King as well and, and kind of solidifying that line with Divine. I think, um, you know, it's, it's really helped the depth of the group. Um, you know, Aiden, we had high expectations for, and the reality is, is, uh, we saw his first games, you know, two, three weeks ago, and he's going to continue um, to show improvement, to get better and more comfortable at the level. And um, I think the same can be said for, for bros and right. It's three new people um, that have played together uh, within our system and then also with each other. So the, the chemistry sometimes takes a little bit of time to develop, but um, I think they're all uh, finding their way and, and, it's great that, again, they found their way on the score sheet um, on Saturday night for us. Because the strengths of your team would seem to be, and we talked a lot about Chrono you have today, uh, and with good reason, but the balance you have in your lineup that was exhibited on Saturday night, those are the two trademarks, aren't they, that, that you can generate that balance score, and you're certainly not a one-line team, as good as that first line is. And you've got the great experience goaltending. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we we believe that we have depth in at all positions, and um, that creates some some competition. But it also creates, um, you know, when we're all going, it it makes us you know a difficult hockey team to play against. And um, you know, again, I think getting getting can't understate it enough, but getting King Webster and, yeah. and Thompson back. Um, into our middle six has really helped uh, the depth of our group. It's taken a little bit of a load off of the top line. Um, and, you know, and, and Magnus and the decor, I think, continue to progress. Uh, you know, uh, Kent Anderson and Lucas Olvestad have, have both gotten some minutes here lately. And, um, you know, I think they're getting brought along in a really healthy way and um, starting to get more comfortable and, and things like that. So, Again, the, the depth of the group, um, we need to continue to see improvement from everybody um, so that we become a more dangerous team um, as we continue to build here. 
I, I'm looking at the league standings, of course, as early as it is, different number of games played by uh, different teams uh, within your league. Uh, you have a nice advantage, a little bit of a cushion, even though you played a few more games, 19 points, you're in first place. Uh, Western Michigan second with 12, St. Cloud third with 11, and then you drop down to uh, Omaha, Duluth, Colorado College, North Dakota, Miami with nine, eight, eight, seven, and four points respectively. Um, we talked about this about a month or so ago. Is your league maybe not quite as strong this year as it has been in previous years? Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I would, uh, yes, I would agree with that. Um, and I would share that sentiment. Um, unfortunately, not easy to say that, yeah. but um, the reality is the, the non-conference numbers that we um, so emphatically um, you know, share when we have the best non-conference record um, is not there this year. We're, we're third. The Big Ten and Hockey East are ahead of us uh, as leagues in non-conference record. I think that's reflective in the early pairwise. Um, obviously, in the national polls, only having three teams in the top 20. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, collectively, we, we left some stuff on the table um, as a group in, in the first part of the, the non-conference season. Now, um, the hope is that, that, uh, you know, like for us, we have six non-conference games left. Yeah. Um, a number of other teams have anywhere from, uh, two to, to six left as well. And, um, so there's still some time left to be able to try and close that gap. Um, but in the early going, um, it definitely does seem that way. And, um, all the more important to, um, you know, we're not going to be able to rely on the strength of the league as much to get as many teams in potentially this year. Um, so it's all the more important to make sure that we're taking care of business um, within our league play where we are going to get everyone's best game and um, fully expect it to be a, a very challenging um, league schedule that, you know, to say all this doesn't mean that it's going to be easier to play in our league. Um, I think the fact of the matter is we just haven't performed as well as a group um, in our non-conference schedules. Well, your non-conference schedule uh, continues this weekend with Arizona State, and we'll talk about the upcoming series next. Uh, Sandy Clough alongside Coach David Carl. This is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Stay with us. This is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. First time we've uh, spoken in about a month uh, in deference to uh, the bye week and, of course, uh, last week's uh, Thanksgiving Day holiday, but you've got Arizona State coming up, and as we alluded to earlier, uh, kind of an interesting team uh, that uh, split last weekend with uh, one of the top five ranked teams in the country, Minnesota, winning six to five in overtime on Saturday night. Uh, you've played them a lot in recent years, Coach, and had success against them, but you know they're dangerous. Yeah, they, uh, they're very dangerous. Um, they've, they've continued to add, um, you know, better and better talent each year. Um, their staff, you know, since making the national tournament, um, I believe it was in, in the 18-19 season, I think that's helped catapult um, their recruiting. And you're seeing a, a higher, even higher caliber uh, of player from a skill perspective. And um, they're a team that, that is very dynamic. Um, with their ability to, to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. So uh, as showcased by their, their 6'5", 
a win against Minnesota. And then, you know, the Friday night, they, they only lose three to two. So um, two one goal hockey games, uh, very tight. Um, you know, a lot of, a uh, lot of respect for, for Greg and their staff. And um, they've, they're, they're finding their way after the COVID year. Uh, you know, people forget too, they played every game on the road yeah. in the COVID year, did, did a big 10 schedule all on the road. Um, you know, it was an incredible feat that to, to be quite honest that they pulled off um, to play that many games. And, um, you know, a team that we played four times last year, Yes. Uh, very dangerous power play, very dangerous offensive players, uh, not dissimilar to Omaha, um, a more veteran team probably than that. Um, you know, but we'll, we'll be pushed in many different ways this weekend. When you go into a series, like this, you you mentioned earlier some things you'd worked on uh, in practice. Uh, what are some of those things, and is there any difference in your preparation for a non-conference foe as opposed to someone you know and have seen quite a bit, at least in the recent past, uh, teams within your own conference? Um, maybe a little bit. And now ASU would feel like a conference member, given how we played them four right. times last year. So we have a group that's really familiar with them. Um, so a lot of the video um, or prep work will will seem maybe a little bit um, repetitive, but they'll recognize um, some of the things that we're talking about based on uh, what we did last season, um, you know, when we talked about Arizona State. So um, but the, the prep really is generally the same, um, with how we approach things. And, um, obviously with each team, the, they provide a different set of challenges and, and, and opportunities to take advantage of. So, um, that can change week to week. Um, like I said, you know, we believe there's some similarities between, uh, them and Omaha with, again, the high level of, um, offensive players that they have, uh, especially veteran ones and in the power play. So um, it, it actually works well to play them uh, as we did um, back to back and uh, being able to work on some of the things that we weren't so good at against Omaha, uh, we believe will, will help us in our preparation for Arizona State. In our last minute here before we let you run, you're about a quarter of the way through the season. You're on a 30-win pace satisfied with where you are or as a coach uh, even one as accomplished as you ever satisfied completely I mean I, I think we like where we're at what we've shown that we can do um, it's probably gone as expected um, you know to to be quite honest so far and um, you know our challenge is to as always, you know, again, is to get better week to week, but, but I think coming off the championship year um, is to enjoy the daily grind and the process of trying to get better, um, feeling like, like really not feeling good on Saturday mornings, important, mm -hmm. um, you know, not just thinking that we can turn it on and it's going to be okay. Um, you know, that's a healthy uh, emotion for a team to feel. And, um, so again, proud of the response that we had in that, uh, the practices this week have been good in response to the games on over the weekend. And so, um, yeah, we're just, we're always looking to build. And, uh, with that, I would say, yeah, we're, we're generally, we're, we're happy with where we're at, but, uh, we are certainly hungry and, and excited to keep building, um, to see where this team can get to. 
7 p.m. Friday night, 104.3 The Fan HD3, and 6 p.m. Saturday night, again, 104.3 The Fan HD3 with uh, the radio broadcast, uh, Jay Stickney and company. Uh, Coach, we'll see you Friday night. Good luck. Great. Thank you, Sandy. That's been the Campus Lounge uh, Coaches Show with David Carl for this week. I'm Sandy Clough, and we'll see you next week.